Welcome to the Dead to the World podcast, Naptime Stories. So if you're wondering what Naptime Stories are, these are the stories that we have from our listeners. And it's a nap because it's short. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. You're not out so much that you're dead to the world. You're just a little nap. nap. Just Just a little nap. nap. Just a little like 20, 30 minute nap. Perfect. All right, mom. Do you want to start us off with a listener story? Um, Actually, we'll have Tosh start us off with a listener story. Tosh, do you want to start us off with a listener story? I sure will. So our first listener story is from McKay. Thank you, McKay. Thanks for sending us a listener story. So his story, I'll just summarize. So he was serving a church mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So he was out um, teaching the gospel. And so he was with his companions in a, you know, their room and they were going to bed. And so his story is that he was going to sleep one night and while he was sleeping, he had a sleep paralysis um, episode. He woke up, couldn't move, couldn't speak. The only thing he could do is, you know, look around and he sees this dark figure to the side of him kind of towards the end of his bed. Ooh, yeah, spooky. Was spooky. Um, he said that he just felt this very evil, evil, just like hovering energy, just very, very evil. And he just automatically said this um, prayer in his mind because obviously, he, you know, he can't say it out loud. And basically, you know, they're taught in the church that if you say, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, I, you know, command you to leave, they, that spirit or dark entity cannot stay in their presence. Mm-hmm. So he basically said this in his mind, and immediately after ending that prayer, this dark entity, he said, just like doubled its anger, just, oh, just like so terrifyingly just got so mad. And then he said it just turned around and walked out. Just through the wall. So like it was mad that it was commanded to leave. That gave me chills. It did me too, actually. So basically he says that the energy um, was so dark. And then the moment he said that prayer, it was like he got, it got so upset knowing that it did not have the authority to stay there. Oh, wow. That it had to leave. Um, And then after that, he says that after he could move and kind of like talk and now move from that sleep paralysis episode, his companions that were in that room actually could not sleep. They were awake, but they didn't see what he saw, didn't experience what he experienced. They didn't notice anything like weird going on. Right. But because that energy was there, even though they didn't really know it, they couldn't sleep. They were having a hard time sleeping. So they just weren't feeling comfortable, but didn't know why. That's Mm -hmm. so scary. Yeah. So that's his story. I listen to a number of paranormal podcasts, and I've heard that before. Um, in another one called Scared to Death that I listened to, they shared a listener story that was from another member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a mission, and it was something very similar to that, where there was like this oppressive evil spirit. I think it's almost because they're out there trying to like do something good mm-hmm. and, you know, not to be too preachy, but Satan's like, Mm-mm, don't like this going on. Right. Want to discourage you. Go home. Do you want to? Read the next one. I will. I will. So this one is from a friend of mine from high school. Her name is Jennifer. And she was awesome enough to get us a listen in Florida. So um, she was telling me that um, she had first listened to the sleepwalking episode. And she said that when she was a kid, she used to talk in her sleep. So her brother had a best friend and they would do sleepovers all the time. And they would invite her to come out and sleep in the living room with them so that she could be their entertainment. 
And they knew that she was a big scaredy cat and she didn't like scary movies. So they would always choose to put on like some creepy movie. Mean. <laughs> that is mean. <laughs> so that way she would like fall asleep real quick because uh. they'd just be like, oh, I can't watch. You know, I just go to bed. And then once she started like walking around, they would like open the door and let her go outside. <gasps> And they would know, obviously, that she was asleep because she was young and she'd be scared to death to go outside in the dark by herself. And then she said that um, they would start laughing so hard by the things that she was doing that they would wake up her mom and dad and her mom would, like, have to go outside and retrieve her. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we were joking about how, you know, brothers are just, you know, so much fun. Yeah, things that they do. Aren't they? Aren't they? But she was saying, luckily, she grew out of the sleepwalking. But she did say that she does sleep talk sometimes. And that her husband says naughty words in his sleep sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Siblings. Siblings. Yes. We love them. And they're mean to us at the same they time. They are mean yeah. to us sometimes. All right. Well, my first listener story is from Taylee. And she emailed us after listening to our sleepwalking episode. So another sleepwalking story. But I'll just read you her email. She said, hey, guys. I thought that this would be interesting for you guys about sleepwalking. I actually did a lot of sleepwalking and sleep eating and talking in high school. I'd wake up with empty plates of food next to me in the morning all the time. And then when I would travel with my team, um, she plays softball, so her softball team, I'd wake them up a lot by yelling or walking around. She said, and then in my freshman year of college, my roommate would always tell me that I would pace the room or talk to her. I specifically remember a time she was on the phone with her boyfriend, and I woke myself up five or so times because I was answering her questions or statements meant for her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And then she said, I'm also really enjoying your podcast. So Aww, thank you. Thanks, yes. Taylor. And I mean, I, I want to do a shout out to Taylor. She is one of my best friend's daughter, and she's an amazing softball player. She, she is. is. And she, she is amazing. also got us some listens in Georgia. So thank, thank you, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. And then also, I just wanted to say the the thing where she kept waking herself up, like answering their like questions on the phone. Mm -hmm. Have you guys seen the like YouTube things of the guy who sits in the airport? And he like sits by people who are talking really loud on their phone. He pretends he's on the phone, but he answers their questions until <laughs> he like ticks them off. I haven't. That's funny. If you ever want a good giggle, just I don't know what it I don't know what it's called, but I'm sure you could find it. That's really funny. All right, Tosh, back to you. Yes, back to me. Okay, so my um, next one, I'm doing a dream interpretation. Awesome. Oh, so, awesome. Yeah. So the dream. Um, well, I guess we'll just read the email. It's from Daviana. Um, she is a listener in North Carolina. She sent us an email, and I actually know her personally, so she's kind of a friend of ours. Um, so I'll just read the email, and then we'll kind of go into the interpretation. Okay. So she says, so before I tell you about my dream, I just want to explain a few things. I am a single 27-year-old female. I've been single for about the past two and a half years after leaving a six-year relationship that was a dead-end road, wasn't going anywhere. And as I got older, I realized I did want and deserved a better relationship. I knew I wanted marriage and someone that would be committed to me and not just want to be in like a girlfriend-boyfriend, you know, flingy relationship. Mm -hmm. So on to the dream. This was about a month or so ago. This dream was really vivid and clear to me. It wasn't like any other dream I've had on a normal night. This one was so real. I was at a party of some kind, like a social gathering, and it was, and there was a lot of people there, and apparently I knew most of them. It was a really good vibe, and I had a really good time. Out of nowhere, slow R&B music started to play, and this is where the part where it became very clear. Standing in front of me was a brown, dark-skinned man with nice white teeth, 
a fresh, nice haircut with the sharp, crisp edges down on one knee, asking me to marry him. A flood of emotions went through me as I was thinking to myself, finally, this is what I have been waiting for. This is it. After all this time, seeing all my closest friends being in happy relationships and getting engaged, etc., this is my time. And I said, yes. As soon as I said yes, this handsome man placed a beautiful square diamond ring on my finger. After all this is when I woke up, while looking at my finger disappointed because I felt it was so real. Ever since I had this dream, I have been now been wondering what is this telling me? Please advise. Mm. So that was her dream. That's a really cool dream. Yeah. So, and then. And what does it mean? Tosh? So what does it mean? So, I mean, obviously this is just my interpretation. Um, so having a dream of an engagement could just be like wish fulfilling. So in such a dream, you know, your desire to intensify of a commitment obviously is clear. And, you know, she does mention that she's single. She's been single for about two and a half years. So I think it's safe to say, you know, she wants a secure, committed relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she mentioned that. That's why she broke up with the other guy. Because he wasn't wasn't going anywhere. Doing that. Right. So seeing a diamond in your dream is a symbolic or symbol of warmth, uh, prosperity, forbearance. And for instance, um, if someone's giving you a gift of the diamond, um, then it's a positive sign and suggest loads of positive and happiness in coming times. Ooh. And to dream about like a ring actually in general could even mean that the commitment you have is to yourself, like your goals. Oh, that's an interesting side of it. Yeah. But particularly, I do feel like it's safe to say that the commitment might be feeling obligated to herself, not necessarily to another person. Person. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, the reason I say that, too, is I know her personally, and she mentioned in the email that this was about a month or two ago, the dream. I haven't seen her for, like, over two years. Mm-hmm. And just knowing her as a person, she was, like, one of the strongest individuals I know as a person. Gotcha. And I just think it's interesting that, like, honestly, knowing her as a person, I could not see any man not loving her for who she is. Mm-hmm. But I can see maybe her wanting to fulfill or wanting to make sure that she fulfills commitment to herself. Mm-hmm. Like, she, like I can see it from on an outside perspective, but that doesn't mean that she fulfills it or fills it herself. Does that make sense? What yeah. I'm trying to say? Yes, well, and I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say I um, her you know, breaking off that other very long relationship because she knew she wasn't going to get what she wanted out of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is her, like, committing to herself. Mm-hmm. Like, she was like, I'm not going to settle for less. I know what I want, you know. She knows that she deserves that. So she's, you know, she's taking care of her own needs. Well, I was just going to say, maybe it's her own self-conscious reinforcing that decision to her. Basically right. saying, okay, now you've been alone now for a while. For a while. You haven't been in, like, a relationship. And that's okay because you made the right decision for yourself and you need to keep yourself as the top priority and not settle just because you want to be with someone. Right. And who's to say this may not be a premonition or something that's going to be coming in the future as well. Right. And that comes along with the diamond. Mm -hmm. Like, Like I said, the diamond represents that there's going to be a positive sign 
and suggest loads of positive and happiness coming in the fourth times. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, one, there's a ring, which represents that there's commitment to herself, which I think has already transpired. She's Mm -hmm. already committed to herself that she wants a relationship in the future. She's already been committing to herself that she's not going to accept less, and it's already been over you know, almost three years. And then now the diamond was given to her as a gift in the dream from a handsome man. Yeah. That it's going to be forthcoming in the future, possibly. So that's kind of my take on that. Sweet. Yeah. No, I think that that's a really sweet dream, too. It is. And like I said, knowing her as a person and knowing her as a friend, like she deserves totally the world when it comes to that. Oh, yeah. 100%. That's so awesome. All right. Well, I will get to my next story. So I had... um, Two stories from two Jennifers. Oh, how <laughs> funny. Kind of Jennifer funny. and Jennifer. So this is my little sister. So, um, and this dream that I'm going to share, you know, she talks about being at her sister's house. That's me. <laughs> Dawn. We were there. So um, her name is Jennifer, but we just call her Jen or Aunt Jen, you know, for the girls. So I'm going to read this in her words. One night I was staying over at my sister's house. I had a dream that a scary entity was trying to get me by coming through the screens of my phone and my computer. I kept trying to get away, but it always seemed to figure out a way to get to me. I was also at my sister's house in the dream. I went upstairs to my sister and brother-in-law's room and woke up my brother-in-law and told him that he needed to take me to the airport so that I could fly away. He took me to the Salt Lake City Airport in Utah, and I was walking down the concourse, and I could see the city of Salt Lake through the windows, and it looked very real, the same as I remember it when I have in real life gone to the airport and seen the city outside of the windows of the concourse. In front of me was a very tall man dressed in an old Socrates-type white robe. He had a long white beard and long white hair. At his side, he had a long white pearlescent-type bow and arrow. It wouldn't have been a functional bow and arrow because it was as tall as him, which I guess to be about seven feet. It appeared that he used it more as a staff or a wand. His back was turned to me, and I was looking out of the window uh, at the concourse, walking uh, towards him, and it was coming to a T where you had to either go left or right, and I was trying to get out of the area before he noticed me, but then he turned around and he pointed his staff at me. That's when I woke up. Not only did I wake up scared, but I was laying at the bottom of the bed, which was just a weird place for me to sleep. I normally wouldn't sleep there. And I normally don't have scary dreams. Or if I do wake up with a scary dream, it usually doesn't really bother me that much. I just go back to bed. But this one really freaked me out um, to the point that I was trying to decide, you know, do I go upstairs in the family room and watch some TV? Do I go see if Tosh or Lexi will let me, you know, snuggle in with them (laughs) so I don't have to sleep by myself? But she said that she didn't actually go do anything. She just laid there for a while, and eventually she was able to go back to sleep. But she did notice um, her finger was throbbing, but she was, you know, just, she never got up and turned on the lights or anything. She just laid there, and she was so freaked out by the dream, she just didn't really think about it. Uh, When she woke up in the morning, oh, here, I'll just go back to her words. Sorry, that's confusing. When I woke up in the morning, I noticed that my fingertip appeared to have been poked, like with a lancet for a blood test. So like a diabetic might use um, to check their blood sugar, or I don't know if you guys did the biology class where you tested for your blood. Uh, But anyway, so it was just a little finger prick. I still didn't think much of it and went up for breakfast and told my sister and her family all about my crazy dream. When I went back downstairs to make the bed, 
I noticed that there was a square of toilet paper. It was folded into a very precise square with crisp lines, almost like it had been mechanically folded. It had one drop of blood in the middle of it. Before I went to bed the night before, I had needed to blow my nose, so I had grabbed a roll of toilet paper and brought it into the room. The square with the blood on it looked the same as the toilet paper roll, but I am not the type of person to neatly fold a piece of toilet paper. If I had cut my finger, I would just wad it up and hold it there. (laughs) My family joked around that I had uh, got up in the middle of the night and given myself a blood test and sent it off in the mail and then went back to sleep. Um, I threw the square of toilet paper away, but now I'm almost wishing that I had kept it to have it tested to see if it was actually my blood or not. Uh, The evening before I had this dream, I had been out at the Great Salt Lake on the uh, salt flats for what was called a color run with my niece. So Tasha had gone with her. Wait, it was that night? It was that night. Whoa, mind blown. The Salt Flats and the West Desert of Salt Lake is very known for its alien sightings. I kind of wonder if one had followed us home and abducted me for some human testing during the night. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, so that was when I yes. had signed up for a 5K. Yeah. It was at night, and it was like with all the yeah, glow the sticks. Yeah, the glow sticks. I didn't know it was that. I mean, I very, very, very vividly remembered that night. That was fun. Yeah. But I don't remember she had that dream that night. Yeah, I had gotten sick, so you ended up doing it for me. So... That was really it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we discussed last week with the, you know, sleep paralysis episode that we do believe in the paranormal. And so I do not disbelieve that an alien may have abduct- abducted. I can't say abducted. Abducted. Abducted her during the night to do some kind of test. Because it was really kind of strange. Like she that wouldn't have held the toilet paper that way. She wouldn't have been sleeping in that position in the bed. Mm-hmm. She normally would never be that scared when she woke up. So it was like something more than what a normal dream is. Yeah, something was weird going on there. Mm-hmm. Something very fishy. All right. Well, my last story is actually from my husband, Sebastian. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because he listened to our sleep paralysis episode. And then he was like, oh, yeah, like I had sleep paralysis that one time, you know, during a time that we were married and sleeping in the same bed. And I literally had no idea. So I was like, please share. (laughs) Please tell me. So his story is that he he said he doesn't remember necessarily having a bad dream or what he was dreaming about. But he woke up and he couldn't move. He was laying on his back and he couldn't move. But he could feel something walking on the bed. And we have a dog that sometimes sleeps on the bed with us. So in his mind, he was like, oh, it's it's Tucker, our dog, like coming up here to snuggle with us. So he felt whatever it was walk up right in between us and lay down and kind of nuzzle into his neck. And he said, you know, he was like, oh, it's just Tucker. But he was trying to move to look at it and he couldn't move because, you know, he was in sleep paralysis. And so he said he could just, you know, move his eyes. So he was trying really hard just to look over to see if it was Tucker or not. And when he could finally, like, break free and move, he kind of slowly started to turn his head to the side. And he said it was like a black, misty, animal dog-looking thing with red eyes. And it growled at him. (gasps) What? And then kind of slowly disappeared. (gasps) What? And he said it just scared the crap out of him. And he got up and turned the closet light on so that it wasn't just dark in the room. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I remember waking up one night to him turning on the closet light. And I was just like, what is going on? But he wouldn't tell me because he didn't want me to be scared. Mm -hmm. But he said for the rest of the night he was just, like, scared to fall back asleep. 
So he said he would kind of fall asleep and like jolt himself awake because he was so scared to fall back asleep. Oh, that would be scary. But I was like, how come you never told me? (laughs) How dare you? He's the smart man. Yeah, true. Yeah. I would have been scared. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah. That's interesting, though, that it kind of was a dogish shape, Mm -hmm. he describes. But obviously not Tucker. Nope. Tucker was sound asleep in his own little bed in the corner of the room. So Hmm. it was more like a hellhound than than a corgi. And he said it was just like a creepy, like, guttural growl. Whoa. So he feels like it was paranormal. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't necessarily say, but knowing the way that we think about things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he hadn't had this happen before. Um, He said he has had sleep paralysis before. Some other stories that he's told me that I don't necessarily know. Okay. If he's comfortable with being shared. He said yeah, I could share fine. this one. But yeah. So I was just wondering if it, if it was something that happened to him often or if this was like it. He said it happens to him every once in a while, but every time he's always like freaked out like terrified mm-hmm. so hmm. it doesn't happen often enough that he's just like oh you know like, just oh, another just sleep just paralysis another old good old night yeah interesting. interesting so yeah yeah well this was fun i liked this Our i like these nap time stories time stories episode time. now i need to go take a nap <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening to this please send us your story at dead to the world podcast at gmail.com yeah. And we and then, can feature you on our nap time story. <laughs> yes, we can. And obviously this one was a lot more, you know, people who know us who have shared our stories with us. But we will just do these nap time episodes as we have enough stories to do them. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, this we each had two, and I think that that was the perfect length. So yeah. pretty much once we get six more stories, we'll go ahead and do another one of these episodes. So if you liked it and you want to hear more of them, make sure you send us your stories. Yes. Yeah. We would love that. And then also uh, subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Rate and review us as always. On where? On Apple and iTunes. I think they're the same thing. I don't know. I mean, I know that they're the same thing, but they're also different apps. Yeah. So I'm going to say both. And if you're making fun of me, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, join us next time for a nap time story. Bye. Bye.